powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Welcome one, welcome all to Game Over Toronto. Harnish and Roman here with you live after uh we uh we had a very very fun win against uh against the sharks we also have special guest nick richard here with us today um we're really excited to have you on but uh uh we're gonna do a quick intro and then we'll we'll get on to that so the leafs are back at home after a long long road trip i mean they they had a, a great road trip they they stop what like three winning streaks uh, with the the, the <laughs> devils the penguins and the and detroit right that was and i'm that pretty was sure wild. we were undefeated throughout the road trip too so. yeah we are we're this Can't i mean complain. now we're we're win, we're sitting on a six game win streak so uh we're looking hot and marner chef's kiss just <laughs> <laughs> keeping the streak alive right in the dying moments of the game uh beautiful time but before we we get into it let's give a quick shout out to our sponsorship um sports interaction Think you know what way it'll go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's the World Cup, hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pre-game, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports, sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. 19 and older and please play responsibly. Everyone in the chat, I am so excited to introduce our guest for tonight. He's director of the North American Scouting for the Dauber Prospect and writer for the Leafs Nation. Uh, heads up, his prospect roundup, uh, roundup, by the way, is a great read for anyone that wants to head over there. And he's a co-host for Lamenting the Leafs podcast. Welcome to our podcast, Nick. Nick, how are you? I'm great, fellas. Feeling uh, really good after a Nice little win there, extending the winning streak, Mariner <laughs> yeah. extending the point streak, and uh, yeah, glad to be on with you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, what a game to have, right? Um, I mean, going going into the last like uh, the last two minutes of that third period, I was I was dreading that overtime you know, with the, <laughs> how the Leafs have been in overtime thus far, right? But I mean, Engvall getting that uh, that last goal um, to get us into the lead, and then Marner just adding on to it. I mean. A great, great episode. I think that's where we kind of have to touch on, right? Right away is Marner because the streak is now 18 game point streak. That's wild. He ties, uh, who is it? Daryl Olchik? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them, uh, both of them, I mean, in their time. Good company to be in. Yeah. Crazy. And their their record span from, uh, I mean, Daryl Sittler's record was from 1978. And the other from 1990. Like these are old records that that he's tying, and uh, it's it's great to see him to see him achieve this. I mean, it must have been on his mind. The whole team was just trying really I think it was hard. On everyone's <laughs> mind, yeah. You can tell at the at the end there they were just they're just trying to get anything to go on that, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. yeah, I mean, he's in great great company right now, and it's it's going to be great to see how far he can really keep this going, right? Yeah, I mean, if he breaks it next game, that that's you know history right there. So huge, huge uh, empty net goal for him. He was really looking for it. That <laughs> he, he was fighting empty it net. there. I, I don't I know was, why he passed it. Yeah, when he he tried to get it he across the bumping twice. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little too unselfish, you know. Sometimes <laughs> fired at the net, Mitch. But you know, I, I think the, the great thing with the streak is that. It, yeah, the offensive production, it's always kind of been there with Mariner. And he's well-deserving and worthy of being held in that reg- that same regard as, you know, Sittler and Olchek in terms of the record. 
But I just think it, it speaks to the way that he's able to impact every facet of the game. I'm just yeah. I'm not sure if there's a, another player in the league who impacts every facet of the game at at such a high level the way that Marner does consistently. He does everything for this team. You know, he the power play runs through him. He's their top penalty killing forward. He hounds pucks on the four check. He's got eyes in the back of his head as a passer. He just really has been Mr. Everything for this team. And I think it's just great to see him getting rewarded. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild that he's like a, you know, a guy who is pretty standard above 90 points and then also yeah. plays on the PK, also quarterbacks a power play. And, you know, <laughs> like a lot of conversation is surrounding his contract and I understand why, but my goodness, he is a special player. Worth every uh, penny, in my opinion. Listen, yeah, yeah especially when he's I playing agree. like this. He's playing like the best Leaf out there right now, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's just a beauty, beauty to to watch him uh him go at it right now. He's just out yeah, of his game. We're blessed to to have some of these guys playing for the Leafs, man. Like yeah. a lot of years. I'm sure I don't have to tell you guys there's <laughs> nothing close to this level of talent on this roster for a very, very long time. Now to think that you have a guy like Mitch Mariner and another guy like Austin Matthews who has almost been in his shadow for parts of this season. It's just crazy to think about. Yeah. And that's not even talking about John Tavares and William Nylander. And, mm-hmm. you know, the roster just loaded with talent. And it's nice to see them capitalize on, capitalizing on it. And the team as a whole just kind of figuring out their identity and sticking to a structure and just really finding results. Yeah, that's for sure. I was curious what you thought about the... Uh, so Keith moved to Matthews and Marner again as a line after Yarncroft got injured in the in the third period. Yeah. Did you like that or were you... Because I personally wasn't a huge fan of it. I didn't mind it because I believe there was a, a game perhaps a week and a half ago. I can't recall exactly which game it was, but there was uh, an instance where he did switch the lines back to Matthews and Marner uh, for a short period. And he alluded to it being kind of like a, a game plan sort of thing specific to the opponent, right? So I, yeah. I think, you know, adjusting to what your opponent is trying to do to you and just what kind of mix you can put together to best exploit that. I didn't really have a problem with him trying that tonight because I thought, you know, my overall prevailing thought from the game tonight was that this was a, a real departure from what we've seen out of the Leafs as of late when they've really been clipping along for the month of November. It was yeah. just kind of sloppy tonight and they weren't yeah. really able to generate a whole lot of sustained pressure or be really threatening off the rush. So I didn't really mind them, you know, going back to Matthews and Mariner uh, and seeing if it was able to generate anything. And, you know, in the end, it took to uh, until an empty net situation for them to do so. But Mitch got there. Yeah, because yeah, the, the reason I was a little upset about it is because I I, I wanted to see Marner with, with Robertson, you know, yeah. with Robertson I, I, moving up to that second line. Mm-hmm. I think it just works a little better than Nylander there. 100% agree with you. I, I really want to see kind of an extended look of, of Robertson with Marner because I find a, a lot with Robertson is he, he doesn't necessarily create his own shot yeah, with consistency, exactly. yeah. but he is really good at hunting that open space in the offensive zone. And, and there's just... There's not many guys in the world who are better at, at finding someone in open space in the offensive zone with a creative pass than Mitch Mariner, right? So I, I'd be interested to see that given some kind of run and see if they can find some kind of chemistry. Yeah, that's for sure. I, I definitely agree with that. Like, 
yeah, it's just he's a he's a shooting talent who has trouble finding his own shot, like you said. And Marner's a special guy at finding open ice, uh, finding people at open ice. And so I just wanted to see that more than anything. And I also yeah. thought they that you know in the third period, I would say we were struggling the most offensively. And yeah. I just didn't think it really gelled. I'm okay with them switching back and forth, uh, depending on the situation for sure. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I was just a little. I thought they did it a little too early. I think. I yeah. thought we were doing all right in the second period. I thought we were finding space. and Yeah, I don't think it was absolutely really necessary by any means tonight, but I, I can also understand the thought process behind it. Yeah, yeah I'm, kind of, sure. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit more about about Robertson though, because like the way that he got into the lineup, especially in the in the top uh, the top six, right, was because of an injury with uh, Cal Yarncroft, right? Yeah. Um, he went down and and he he wasn't uh, he didn't return for the rest of the game. We're not sure how long he's going to be out for. They said that it was a groin injury, right? Uh, Armand, you tweeted about this and he said, "I wanted to see Robertson in the top six, but you didn't want to see him come in this way, right?" Um, it's a shame to see Yarncroft go down because he has been really, really uh, a, a positive asset for us. He's been playing really well when he's been Just on the solid, ice. Eh? Exactly. Yeah. He's been playing really well. But um, yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of tough because you don't want to see a guy that's been playing really well get injured, but seeing Robertson get some uh, some more ice time and in, in, in a position that he they probably want to deploy him in, probably in the top yeah. six, is going to be good to see. Um but it's, it's interesting the way that it happened, right? I think in your in your prospect roundup for this week, you mentioned uh, how Pontus Holmberg, his play thus far has has allowed or has restricted Robertson in a sense because yeah. um, it's pushed uh, Keeve to put in a uh, Kerfoot on the on the wing. On the wing, um, yeah, exactly, right. So <laughs> one less wing spot to fight for for Robertson, yeah. right? It's basically down to him and Mulligan if everyone's healthy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how he he rises up to the challenge. How do you guys think he played today though? Because I thought, especially early on in the game, you could kind of tell he was a little bit rusty. He looked yeah. uh, a little bit, um, I don't know, just new out there, right? He did get his skates under him, I thought, but uh, yeah. What, what were your thoughts on him thus far in the game? Well, I had tweeted, uh, I think, about halfway through the game saying, you know, Robertson looks like a kid who's played one game in the last two and a half weeks, right? <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's basically the, the best way to sum it up. Uh, I, I thought, you know, he was he looked antsy. Like, yeah. like he, he really was pressing to try and make something happen. Mm-hmm. And like, that first shift, you know, the, the first wrist shot that he got on goal, I think oh, it's good, like, Yeah, it's a great example of just like how dangerous his shot is. I've talked about this before. It's like even when he isn't scoring with it, it's always such a difficult shot for goaltenders to handle. They never look comfortable trying to get it in front of a, a Robertson shot or or contain it and shut down the play, get a, a frozen puck or whatever. And it, it was, you know, I think that almost went to his head a little bit. It, within seconds, he's trying yeah. <laughs> an ill-advised one-timer from the point with the legs right in front of him and it goes the other way for a breakaway. You know, it, it's, it's those kind of things that he's got to get out of his game. And I think, you know, giving an extended run to a player like that where and i think uh, gary galley mentioned it on the broadcast tonight is like you got to wonder what it would do for robertson's confidence or comfort level in the lineup to to know that he's he's not playing for his spot every single night yeah to have a little bit of assuredness that he's going to get back in there the next time out even if he doesn't have his best game and i think that uh, with a player like Robertson, you're, you're getting to the point where 
you know what he is capable of offensively, even now. And that, that's not really considering the, the upside that he has to become something more offensively. It's to the point where you almost have to kind of live with the warts in his game a little bit more in order to let him flourish and just kind of continue to develop and become a, a regular NHL player and get those little warts out of his game. It, it's going to take reps. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. the, the team's rolling right now. I get it. It's not easy to take guys out of the lineup. It's not exactly like Dennis Mulgan was playing poorly either. So it, it's a tough spot for Robertson and a tough spot for the organization to balance. But I, I think with a player who you, you're kind of invested in and hoping becomes uh, a key member of your roster in the future, you've got, kind of give them a little bit more rope, right? And, and room to figure those things out and make those mistakes. Yeah, yeah I completely agree as well. Like the, you know, within that first shift, like you said, that shot that almost squeaks by, you know, that's goalies have so much trouble handling Robertson's shot. And you see it in the, in the Marlies when he goes down yeah. all the time, like th- there'll be rebound shots from pretty routine plays yeah. just because of how hard he shoots it. It's a yeah. very hard shot. And you do have to kind of live with the, the downsides of his game, especially defensively right now uh, to see him develop, you know, yeah. um, Another thing that I, I wasn't a huge fan of was that he started on a line with David Kampf and Zach Aston Reese, which isn't necessary. Like, I, I really wanted to see him with, like, if you were going to put him on the bottom six, take that Kerfoot spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With Pontus yeah. Holmberg. That's, and, that's uh, exactly what I was going to bring up, too, right? Yeah, because there are play drivers that yeah. can really move the puck up the ice and get Robertson into a position. Like, you're putting him in on mm-hmm. a defensive line. That's not his strength at all. And Robertson's not good enough, I think, transitionally yet to yeah to to you know just to carry the, the weight up. of that yeah, yeah. And, and to be the primary you know carrier on a line right I think going back to what we were talking about earlier with him he's kind of a guy who hunts space more so than transports the puck by himself yeah. or you know he can do it but it's not you know the the main aspect of his game or how he creates offense so yeah I was. I was kind of thinking the same thing when I saw the, the line rushes, but I think I was just also happy to see him back in the lineup. <laughs> I wasn't going to be too picky about it, but yeah, I see where you're coming from for sure. It's not exactly setting him up for success the, yeah. in the best possible manner, but you know, it, I, I think we often get too caught up in the day to day and, you know, thinking that this is the way things are going to be yeah. all the time moving forward is, you know, just look at tonight. All of a sudden Robertson is one of the, you know, 12, healthy forwards that's going to be playing every night if Yaron Croak is out of the lineup for any period of time. So mm-hmm. that's how quickly things can change. You can go from being in and out of the lineup to being elevated to a top six role consistently. So I think, yeah, we often do make too much of a guy being scratched here and there, but it's definitely been getting frustrating to to see him just kind of sitting on the sidelines and not getting a chance to get out there and you know just get better. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yaron Croak has uh it's been said that he has a groin injury so i'm expecting him probably yeah. to miss some time so yeah robertson should get an extended look in that top six uh and mulligan will probably slot in where robertson was uh unless he puts two points at the end of the game you know bumping back <laughs> up in the top six contention. i was actually gonna he, mention like yeah why why haven't the leafs tried to with Perfect specifically, I mean, he's he's looked pretty horrendous thus far, right? And he's eaten up 6.5 mil. He's probably not going to be 3. back. 3.5, 3.5. 3. 3. Sorry, not 6.5. 3. <laughs> 6.5. Oopsie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's eaten Wait, up... We'd have trouble getting out of that contract. Yeah, no. <laughs> he, he's eaten up 3.5 mil, right? And he's probably not going to be re-signed um, 
uh, later this uh, looking in the off season, right? So why see. not give an option, uh, give the opportunity to for um, for Robertson to slot in um, as a replacement for for Robertson? I know now it's gonna be uh, Robertson is gonna have to play that role for uh, of Yarncrop, right? But why not take over that Kerfoot role? Yeah, Kerfoot's yeah, a bit expendable to me now. Yeah, go ahead, Nick. Sorry. No, I I was going to say the same thing. And I think that you could say the same thing going back to last offseason. And like and that was him coming off of a career year when perhaps his value would have been a lot higher. You might have actually been able to get a little bit of value in return for him. And now he's kind of become a diminished asset. You know, a guy making three and a half million with you know just this season remaining on his contract. And he's... He's been rather vanilla, to quote Sheldon Keefe from uh, a couple <laughs> of seasons days. ago. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I would have liked to have seen them try to move off of him in the offseason. Uh, but when Kerfoot is at his best, he is a very valuable, uh, valuable, sorry, utility player. It just it hasn't been that way for him this year. You know, he's playing really low event hockey. So I guess sometimes it's it, it's hard to really gauge the value or, or for a player to stand out when that's the style they're playing. But mm -hmm. this guy's had lots of chances that, that he just does anyone have any faith at all that Alex Kerfoot's going to score on a breakaway or a penalty shot? <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, it's brutal. And I know, like, you know, we're saying this in a game that he got two assists, in, <laughs> but he still didn't look that good. Like, no, both of those assists weren't. There weren't anything like yeah. I, I commend him for going for that, you know, low pad uh, shot on the yeah. Engvall goal because that did create the chance. But that is oh, that should have been stopped. Like that is not <laughs> a good goal at no. all. Like that. It, it was. Yeah. So I'm not going to give Kerfoot a ton of credit. In yeah, game, it's going to take more than get, a, a yeah. couple of assists to erase the, <laughs> the 24 games prior to. So he's got some work to do to kind of get back to where we've seen him in the past. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I, I definitely agree with that. But yeah, I, I just don't want to see him in the top six. You know, I, yeah, I just don't I'm, think it works. I, like, we tried yeah, it. We're done I'm, with I'm that. okay with trying it, but yeah, we're done with that. I think Yarn Croak yeah. and Robertson are better in that position. So yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, I guess, like once Aaron Crocker comes back, then we're going to have to see see how uh, how Keith plays around with the lineup. And hopefully Robertson gets gets to... Uh, uh, cement his position in that uh in that starting lineup but another take player advantage of this opportunity right exactly exactly yeah also i want to bring up a one comment from the the chat uh sure a dill pickle asked do you consider Ro robertson a prospect still and, absolutely yeah 100 yeah, percent. Uh, this is a kid who just turned 21 years old um he's missed a lot of development time the last mm -hmm. couple of years you know he was thrust into professional hockey but earlier than we typically see with you know young uh, North American players, right? You don't see guys yeah. coming out of the CHL and going into the American Hockey League at 18, 19 years old because that's not even you know, possible. We, we didn't have <laughs> pandemics before yeah. 2020, so or not in recent memory, anyways. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is a kid who's still. I think he's got a lot of runway left in front of him. You, you look at the offensive tools; he's still not a finished product by any means. So. I think if you're if you're still excited about a guy like Pontus Holmberg, who is now uh, I think pushing 24 years old, yeah, like I, it's it's almost like Robertson's a victim of you know being in the system for too long or, or something like that. But he's still just 21 years old, man. Like, yeah, yeah. To answer and he was question, a, yeah he was on the younger side of that draft. I think he was the youngest guy in that draft. Yeah, he and was, that was 2019 days away from being 
only eligible for the following draft. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. he, he's still a very young player and just with limited reps at the pro level still. So I still very much consider him a prospect. Yeah. And I think some sometimes Leaf fans tend to tend to do the thing where if someone's in the system and they don't make the jump, like they did it with Timothy Liljegren as well. Yeah. And you just you just see how it works out. People take time to develop, you know, not everyone's Austin Matthews and scoring four goals in their first game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I want to talk about Hollowell though, because this is another young prospect, another young guy who has had just a short period of time in the lineup, right? But my God, has he has he played very well? I mean, just today, right? That that fake pass to Matthews, yeah, beautiful, assist. right? And uh, yeah, an, another good player that's that's playing really well in the the limited time that he's been up with the Leafs, right? What have your thoughts been on 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 Hollowell so far? Well, that, that's a really funny segue because if Dill Pickle had asked that same question about Mac <laughs> Hollowell a week and a half ago, I would have been like, eh. yeah. yeah. I think I even wrote recently about him that he was kind of, you know, teetering on that prospect quad A player sort of status. But it, he's a guy who it, it's taken him a while to get here. Yeah. And, you know, he doesn't exactly have everything working in his favor. He, he's a, I think, a five foot nine or he's five nine. Defenseman. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, he, not a big guy. It's it's tough to handle defending at the pro level at that size for sure. But credit to him because I, I he, you know, I, I watched him a lot with the Marlies over the last few years, and I, I'm I don't think I saw his exact potential or maybe gave him enough credit for his hockey IQ at that level because I, I think he's sort of looking like a player who is almost playing up to his competition or playing up to his teammates, you know, a guy who I think he, he said as much uh, just a few days ago, like it's in some senses, it's easier to play at this level because of the skill level that you're playing with and knowing where guys are going to be and that they're going to be in those right places. So for a player like Hollowell who does think the game at a high level or what have you, you know, maybe that's not best put to use at the AHL level where other guys maybe just don't think the game at the same level. So I think he's done really well stepping in here, you know, undefeated with Mac Hollowell in the lineup. right? (laughs) But yeah, I never, I honestly didn't expect this guy to really factor in with the Leafs at all. um, At any point, he kind of seemed to be fizzling out over the last couple of years. So, yeah, full merits to Hollowell for, you know, sticking with it, earning the call up, and he's really taken advantage of it so far. Yeah, I think that's yeah. one of the the positives to come out of this whole injury snake bitten <laughs> defensive yeah. core that we've had, right? With the, with the three of our top guys out. Um, yeah. at least we've been able to see some of our other uh defensemen come in and and show up, right? Because our defense has been really, really uh, really, it's been a positive point. It's been really, really good so yeah. far, right? And that's on the backs of of these these younger guys or these newer guys just uh, burying and 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 playing playing well, right? They're they're sticking at it and they're they're just making the most of their situation. Yeah, yeah Hollowell was one of those guys that you know before the season started. I think he was on his like last years as as a prospect yeah. uh, within our system. Even though he's he's on the, I think he's twenty four. He is twenty four. Yeah, he's yeah, he's twenty four. Right, so that that is on the a little bit on the older side. So um, he was one of those guys that I think uh, you know, like Holmberg and Steves and Godette were sort of in that in between stage where I think if injuries happen, they were yeah. going to be called up, and obviously he did. And uh, he's show showcasing 
you know, his high IQ play, especially on the the first assist in this uh, in this game. That was an amazing slap pass to Matthews. Like it, it was gorgeous. The puck was rolling on him too, man. That was a tough yeah. Play. It was it was a tough play, and like finding that, you know, he faked it perfectly. Firstly, I thought he was going for a shot too. Like yeah. I think everyone on the ice did. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, it was right on right on the tape for him. So. Yeah, really like to see that. And more importantly, we're getting some value out of that 2018 draft selection now. Like we're, we've got yep. five guys, I think, that have played in NHL NHL games this year. Out that of that, happen to be Kyle Dubas's first draft. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so and, uh, it, it's finally starting to it, yeah, it's coming. It's starting to come <laughs> together. The yeah. benefits, yeah, yeah. And you know that that's something you're gonna have to sort of. Um, uh, abuse when you're up against the cap all the yeah. time you know these elc contracts and you know in dubas's tenure we've been seeing him sign a lot of these guys these draft picks to elcs and and it's just good to see them kind of that come to yeah. fruition finally uh where we can kind of navigate the cap and it makes guys like alexander kerfoot who is 3.5 mil on the cap expendable when you have pontus homeberg yeah you know and nick robertson sitting at like 900k a piece you know so yeah. Really love to see that. Hopefully it continues into the future, especially with the future drafts as well. You know, 2019, 2020, 2021 as well. Uh, we've got a lot of good prospects in the pipeline. So yeah. I'm just glad that it's finally coming to fruition and we're seeing NHL time from them. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be something that we see more of moving forward. Um, you know, it's always hard to really judge draft picks or an overall draft for a team right out of the gate you know we all have our opinions on, on these players and you look at rankings and this and that but you know it, it usually takes a few years especially with picks outside of you know even the, the top 10 in the first round it, it takes some time for these guys you know so i think we're finally starting to see that first wave of dubis draft picks coming along you know like holmberg's a sixth rounder hollowell is a fourth rounder even, even robertson was a 53rd overall pick and matthew nye's in picked in the 50s you know yeah. we've got him coming too so i i think if this team is able to find enough success to uh prolong the uh kyle dubas era so to speak i i think he's going to start earning a lot of praise for his drafting in the coming seasons if he's able to kind of stick around to see that all that <laughs> stuff come to fruition yeah that's for sure yeah yeah, what about Connor Timmins? Because I mean, I thought initially like he might have been uh, been starting today over Hollowell, right? I'm after this game, it looks like Hollowell's kind of cemented his spot <laughs> yeah. in the lineup. But yeah, Connor Timmins is another guy that they picked up, right? Another Sue Greyhound, right? And um, <laughs> he's he's had a lot of upside. Uh, has had a really another injury snake bitten uh, career thus far after the concussion yeah. and just staying healthy and whatnot, right? But do you think there is an opportunity to see him in the lineup sooner rather than later? Yeah, I do. Um, but on the flip side of that, I'm also kind of getting like Alex Galchenyuk vibes with him, like where mm -hmm. they're just kind of taking their time. They're trying to build him up. And, you know, I, it seemed like it was a, a move made for right now because of all the injuries on the back end or, and whatnot. But I really look at this as a move that's, you know, more of a bet for the future and hoping that you can kind of rekindle what Connor Timmons once was and hope that he can stay healthy and get back to that level and fulfill that upside that was so apparent when he was younger right so I think there's a chance that he gets in soon but I do like the way that the Leafs are kind of just taking their time and not you know and, and they have had no reason to force him into their lineup really because the team has been playing so well so that you know they've kind of got that working in their favor as well but yeah I wouldn't be surprised if we see him this weekend
Oh wow, okay. That'll be that'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh seeing him come up. But all right, another guy that came up. Ilya Samsonov. What a way to come in, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> he started off the first period with three uh three good blocks three and breakaways. some breakaways. First of yeah. all, those breakaways, what the fuck was going on there? <laughs> I didn't know we could you swear. You should have told me that was on Kerfoot. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we would have gone off on Kerfoot there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, what, what was going on there? Like, I don't know if the, the Leafs were just caught uh, sleeping. Like, what was the defense doing? They just left the, the center ice completely open. It was a lot of sloppiness with the puck, right? Oh, it was disgusting seeing that. But Sam, luckily, Ilya was able to, to, like, hold down the fort, right? That was that was tough. I saw that and I was yeah. like, "What is going on? They're gonna they they're gonna catch they him back in the deep end." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and even like the the second oh the first goal, sorry for the Sharks, where um where uh what was it Mete tried to pinch? Yeah, Mete uh, went way too low. Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking there, but Samson yeah. had a he had some chance. I mean, he had some some tough looks, but he looked well like he, he bounced back yeah. pretty good and uh it's nice to see him back after what a whole month right where he was uh he yeah, was that drug on a little while didn't it eh? yeah, yeah it did it was longer <laughs> than i was expecting when they originally said it so yeah and uh probably you know the play of matt murray and even shalgren over that period of time kind of probably took a bit of the pressure off samsonov to yeah you know, try and get back on the ice as quick as possible really give him some time to heal up but yeah i mean who would have thunk it like the league's goaltending <laughs> has been fantastic so far i'm knocking on all the wood around me here right now because you know, <laughs> but, but yeah samsonov was great tonight like especially for a guy playing his first game in that long you know it wasn't always pretty but he made the stops i thought he was aggressive and he seemed to be tracking the play well like how much of a boon is it for this squad to have two goaltenders that they can trust to you know give them solid performances night in and night out and i, I was saying this to kind of pivoting to Matt Murray for a second. I was saying this to my buddies the other night, like how many bad goals has Matt Murray given up this season? Oh, outside of maybe the, the first, he's first had, game. Yeah. yeah outside outside of the first game. He's had way more like Superman saves. Than he yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> since he's come back from yeah. 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 I mean, during that stretch that, that Murray was injured, he stood on his, on his head. Right. And, and just yeah. bailed us out time and time again. Um, Murray's done the same and it, it's kind of tough now where you have two guys that are playing really really well and I think Murray kind of gets the um, I, I think it's his net to lose his spot to lose yeah. but it's tough right because Ilya is right there he's he's playing just as good hockey right it's, it's a tough situation because would you rather have them split in time and uh, and trying to play like a, I guess an even number or would you have that one guy be your guy right um, considering especially that they have had injury troubles, right? Yeah. Murray's, I mean, he just coming, he's coming back off of a, a major injury too, right? And last couple of years, he's had a lot of injuries, right? Do you want to give him that that first time, uh, that, that number one spot where he's playing all as many games as possible? Or do you kind of want to split time off and let them play off of each other a little bit? I think it's a fine line, you know, between keeping a guy sharp and keeping him fresh. And that, that's the benefit that the Leafs have right now with both of these guys playing well. They don't have to overwork either one of them. It, it, it's, it's a really nice spot to be in to be able to kind of alternate starts. And, you know, if, if Matt Murray goes out and gets a shutout on Saturday night, yeah, let him start the next game. But you don't have to because you've got Ilya Samsonov right behind him who, who's been playing, you know, almost equally as well or, or was before he got hurt earlier in the season. So, you know, until one of them falters, I, I think you kind of 
keep going back and forth, you know, maybe two starts for Murray here and then one for Samsonov and, you know, another two for Murray, two to one for a while or something like that. But I, I think, you know, both guys have shown the ability to, to give you solid performances in net and give you a chance to win. So uh, I wouldn't be overworking either one of them right now. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I, I do think, you know, kind of going back and forth is a good idea um, until one of them falters. I will say, like, <clears throat> regarding Samsonov, I know he had three breakaways, but we were kind of lucky that, you know, the guys that were taking them weren't exactly <laughs> yeah. finishers. Only one of them got a shot off. On yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we were pretty lucky that wasn't like Timo Meyer taking yeah. that out down because that would have been a much harder test for Samsonov. But he did a great job positionally of you know cutting off that angle. You know, there's a reason they missed the net, and it's because they weren't they didn't really have much to shoot at there. And um, the one that Meyer got in, it was kind of a partial break, but Samsonov, yeah. you know, kind of got the leg out and took away that drag across the net that yeah, Meyer was yeah, trying exactly. to do. So, uh, yeah, again, just aggressive and, you know, sound positionally and getting square to the shooters and all that stuff that you, you look for when a goalie's feeling good. Yeah. And, you know, we're seeing it sort of work out, but I'm curious what you thought, um, you know, before the season started, Dubis you know putting his job also on the line betting on you know matt murray and Ilya samsonov bouncing back from uh you know some pretty rough couple of seasons yeah i i mean go back to my twitter timeline in the summer and you know there's a few cold takes exposed <laughs> there for sure but i mean i think everyone you yeah. know hockey on these twitter had some cold takes think, exposed then yeah, deuce, had, deuce is gonna count on his sue greyhounds no matter what <laughs> for his another you know, sue what? But like even at the time, as much as it was, you know, an underwhelming situation to to find our team in. Yeah. Even at the time, you know, the, the question was, well, what else should he do? Like, should he have yeah. gone and traded for John Gibson? Doesn't look like it. Should he have ponied up five million times whatever it was to Jack Campbell? Don't think Doesn't so. Like it. Yep. So you know, it, it it was kind of there was no real clear solution. So. Even at the time, it was you know as much of a worthwhile bet as anything going after Matt Murray, and I, I think they kind of had Samsonov fall in their lap a little bit. Yeah, um, but it, yeah, it, it was definitely um, some nervous moments and stuff throughout the off season and leading up to the season, and just you know even now it's kind of like. You see Matt Murray stretch a little too far with the leg one way, and you're kind of like, "Oh, did you get that?" You know. And it, so I think that's the the biggest thing. You know, it, it was never a question of whether Matt Murray could really get the job done. He's a guy who won two cups in his first couple of years in the league. You know, yeah. of course he hasn't played up to that standard in the last couple of years. But have you guys seen the Senators' blue line? <laughs> so, good point <laughs> I, I think there's some mitigating circumstances there obviously the injuries you know took a toll on him so it, it's it's nice to see him back and yeah full marks to kyle dubas for having the onions to you know make that bet and as you said he kind of put his job and reputation on the line and put put all his faith into matt murray yeah yeah yeah, that's for sure. But you do bring up a good point, you know, in the offseason, I think like the only other option that has worked out is like Vili Huso yeah. for Detroit. And, yeah. you know, that at four million is a pretty solid option. But otherwise, it's tough pickings, you know, and yeah. goalies are are pretty pricey. You know, you see Cal Peterson just get sent on waivers and he's first year yeah. of a five million dollar three. It's a deal. Perfect, perfect example of, you know, like why Matt Murray was as good a bet as anything it's like like yeah. the kings signed 
Cal Peterson to a, a deal worth five million dollars a year. What was it, a year and a half ago now, or something like that? Yeah, and, you know, back when he was good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's how quick it can happen, right? So, like ten games into that deal that's worth five million a year, and he's on waivers. So it's like, what do you even do with goaltenders unless you're talking about a guy like Andre Vasilevsky or uh, you know a Connor Hellebuck? Even maybe throw Marc Andre Fleury in there. Even he's had his you know down spells over the years. Uh, other than, like those top few guys, it's really hard to project what you're going to get year over year out of anyone. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure like the two, like the, the Vezina candidates last year, like shesterkin has been having, I mean, it's still not bad, but he's been having a bit of a down year. And then like Frederick Anderson, like a huge down year. He's below 900 (laughs) right now. Yeah. It's too bad. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, goalies are hard to predict. Like we've said this before a bunch of times, but you know, it kind of just keeps coming back with, uh, (laughs) <laughs> you know how how things are going this year with with some goalies in the league uh you know i think a lot of people were laughing at us putting our faith in murray and in samsonov and you know it's turning out to be a pretty good bet so far so yeah. love to see it so far so good yeah yeah i think the biggest thing though is going to be um uh seeing how this all plays and puts together for for the playoffs right because um we are lucky in the sense that we have a ton of pieces here and there in our in our forwards, a defensive group, even our goaltenders, um, where there could be months where even uh, Samsonov gets gets some great games and Murray has an off uh, off month and then um, yeah. Ilya gets a number one spot, right? But you kind of want to start to see the Leafs kind of uh, uh, focus in on a core group and just run through with them, right? Because you want to have like, a, I guess, a dedicated group, well, especially when you get into the playoffs, right? Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of plays together and how Keith kind of uh, uh, makes and matches the lines and, and, and figures out what works and what doesn't, right? There's still a lot up in the air. Yeah, um, and a long way to go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're, we're still in, what, game 25, right? So yeah. <laughs> there's still a lot of hockey left to play. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if, for everyone that's watching, uh, if you guys are enjoying the podcast, make sure you hit like and subscribe, uh, tweet out at us, make sure you're following all the socials. And uh, and yeah, we love uh, we love to see you guys uh, very, uh, very engaged in the chat. There's a lot of uh, a lot of people typing stuff out. So if you have any questions for Nick, let us know. Uh, but guys. I want to end off a little bit on uh, again going back to the Marner streak, right? To seeing if he can uh, he can break the whole streak that uh, the whole franchise streak for for game uh, game points, right? Now I have a question for you guys. I think you guys you guys know who do you guys first of all think is on top of the hill for the whole NHL for for most uh, uh, longest point streak? Yeah, I, I think it's pretty obvious. But who, but who do you guys think think it is? Wayner in the it's got to be Wayne. It is Wayne. Guess how many it's guess how many goals though? Guess how many goals he he's had fifty one. Uh, his streak is fifty one. Fucking insane, by the way. But guess yeah, how many bad. goals he's had during this 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 streak? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say thirty higher. No, because was this the year that he scored fifty and thirty nine? <laughs> oh, it must be. So, <laughs> oh no, he probably had. You said it was a fifty one game streak. He probably mm-hmm. had like sixty some goals. Sixty one. Oh, you're, you got it. God damn. All right. How many is this? This is 93 goal season. It huh? must be. This was, this is an 83-84. That's got to be his yeah, record be, season. Yeah. It, it's wait, crazy wait. to think about that stuff. Like, it's wild. Yeah. And, and we you know, about, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. 
I was just gonna say, we, you know, we're we're in awe of what we're seeing Mitch do right now. Like, <laughs> amplify that by about five times, and you, somewhere in the vicinity of what Gretzky was doing to those poor skaters and goaltenders <laughs> back in the eighties. Yeah, he, he was a few years ahead of his time, I think. <laughs> wild, wild stuff. Imagine getting hundred and fifty-three points within that that period. How That's... wild is that? Within fifty-one yeah. games. Yeah. It's <laughs> You know, guys ever see the stat? It's like the the fastest player to yeah. ever reach a thousand points is Wayne Gretzky. The second fastest is also Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just and no one else has above like uh, what what is it two thousand? Uh, He's the only player above two thousand. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's wild. Yeah, he was something else, and man. handsomely over two thousand in <laughs> yeah. that itself, right? Yeah. All right, now there is a leaf that wasn't a leaf at that time. That is in the top five. Who do you think that is? Sorry, say that again. So there's a there there is a player that is non he he is known as as a Leaf legend, right? But he wasn't playing on the Leafs at the time where he he got this record, right? He's top five in the whole Mahabush? streaks. Nope. Gilmore. Nope. Another Swede. Solomon. Nope. No, no way. It's not Sundin. It can't. Be it is Sundin. What? Yeah. When Matt Sandin is sitting uh sitting fifth in that rank, he's he got that in uh 92 93 uh with the and Nordiques. How long was it? That was oh, okay. 30 games, yes. Yes. yeah, 30 oh, games through with the Nordiques. Okay. Yeah, he had 46 yeah, points. Look, <laughs> look back at some of Matt's numbers from his first few years in the league. Wow, the holy mind! Yeah, he had a he, he had a 104 point se- 114 point season in 92 93. That's impressive. It's wild. he was so consistent, man. Like when he was yeah. with us, it was always like. 70 to 80 points every every single season it was a lot of years he was just dragging guys around the ice (laughs) 70 plus points you know it it was really impressive to see what he could do with uh, not a whole lot around him at times (laughs) you know the, the craziest thing is though um in the like patrick kane is another player that's within like the last decade that has achieved like um a 26 point streak that's that's crazy like yeah yeah uh, what year was that was that the, that was 2015 2016 yeah so he is like he holds that record one above crosby um uh, in the last decade but yeah i mean marner as he as he keeps going he's on 18 right now right um uh, we don't want to jinx it but he's getting close there close up to uh like historic territory right and at what point do we do we kind of have a marner watch where <laughs> we're looking the whole league is just looking how many games can this guy keep it going right well i think yeah. it's it's kind of getting there now i was starting to feel <laughs> that a bit tonight especially with the clock winding down and the net empty there i, I let out a bit of a, a fist pump when he got the empty netter you know not too many fist pumps for empty netters but <laughs> this was a bit of a different occasion so i think it's kind of getting there but I, let me ask you guys something. How deep into the streak was he before you kind of went, oh, like Mitch is kind of on one right now? Because it seemed like it was really quiet for a while. It yeah. was like 14 games. It was like the quietest 14-game point streak I ever yeah. saw in my life. And, you know, it's only the last few games that it's kind of become a real talking point as he gets closer to the franchise mark. So mm-hmm. it, <laughs> there's definitely I, a bit more focus on it now. Yeah, I would say it was like 12 games yeah. before I was like, Oh my God, Mitch is on a twelve game point because <laughs> yeah. I think it was like the the slow start in in yeah. conjunction with our like you know 
our record wasn't too good to start and everyone was sort of down on the Leafs. And, uh, you know, this past stretch where we've gone, I don't even know what the record is now. It's like 11, one and four or something in our last 15 or something like that. But um, yeah, that's when I think people started noticing when, when we started getting a little more optimism back into the, there there was less to nitpick around. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) When you really couldn't complain about anything, we started (laughs) noticing that. No choice. And what a bounce back too, right? I mean, we were all uh, called for his head during that, uh, that's, uh, was it the San Francisco, uh, road trip, right? Where they just got shelled out. Right. But, you know, props to Mitch because early in the season when things were really not going well for the team, you know, he he was one of the main culprits of that. He didn't really look right. You know, he's making just turnovers that you don't see Mariner make. He just looked a little bit out of sorts. I think it all has to go down to, like, in his own brain. Like, it's all all his own mentality then, right? Confidence is huge for Mariner. I mean, for anyone. But it really seems more pronounced with a guy like Mariner. You can tell when he's feeling good and he's dancing around out there. But, like, to his credit early in the season he owned up to it that you know he wasn't playing up to the standard that we've come to expect out of him and you know basically ever since then he's he's been the Leafs best player and I don't think it's really been close Uh, and that's not to take anything away from guys like you know Tavares had a fantastic start Mm -hmm. Nylander's you know been right there with Mitch as one of the most consistent guys all season and and he's absolutely flying like Nylander might be playing the best hockey of his career right now I don't know what you guys think, but he's just, he's all around it. He's hunting it. He's turning pucks over and creating chances off quick strike opportunities. Like he's just all around it right now. I think if you get this kind of William Nylander for the entire season and into the playoffs, he he just looks grown up, I guess. He he looks a little more mature. Like he, he knows. And I think that permeates to the team, right? Like, and we're seeing that with the defensive structure that they're all kind of buying into. It's like, they're sort of growing up and it seems like they're caring about different things. And instead of just filling up the, the scoring sheet and getting, you know, their name in the, in the goal and assist column as many times as possible, like, there's real buy-in and it seems like it, it's, it's all a maturity thing and it's breeding confidence. And you're seeing that throughout the team. I think it, it, it's a real, I don't want to say vicious cycle because it's, it's a good cycle. I think it's, Sort of like what came first, the the, the chicken or the egg, like the, the confidence <laughs> or the buy-in, right? So like, I, I think it, it's all sort of culminating in what we're seeing now. And yeah, it, it goes back to early in the season with Mitch stepping up and putting that on his shoulders and, and taking accountability. And he's been leading the charge ever since. Yeah, yeah I- and we've sort of seen like comments about uh the mentality these guys face especially from the media perspective when when Keith made those elite players comment yeah. and that was a huge <laughs> talking point and you know we talked about it as well about you know <laughs> that whole situation and I understand why it was a talking point but uh Mitch is at his best when he's confident in himself and yeah. He's not gripping the stick too tight. We saw it in the Montreal playoff series when he's down on himself. He makes a lot of mistakes. And, you know, you guys can like, you know, people can say that that's soft, but it's not, you know, he just cares. He really cares. And, you know, hockey players are people. They're going to be different. Some people are going to be motivated through, you know, negative reinforcement and getting a kick in the ass. And some people won't. That's that's just people. So, you know, we know what when Mitch works best and if we can, uh, you know, uh, mitigate, uh, you know, his confidence issues when we can, I'm all for that. So, you know, I, 
yeah, I just want to see Mitch having fun and, you know, with the with the smiley face on his on his glove and the Z yeah. now with with his dog, you know, he's when just Mitch he's is having special, fun. We're all having yeah, fun. Right? <laughs> exactly. He's a special player when when he's feeling himself. And yeah. and yeah, that's just what I want to see from here on out. You know, ho- hopefully no more issues uh, for the rest of the season. And hopefully we can get a playoff win too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. At Dude, least we got to try and enjoy the ride because <laughs> yeah. we know nothing is promised at that yeah, time you know, <laughs> It's game 25. We shouldn't be talking playoffs too early. <laughs> yeah, but it's on everyone's mind, man. It's, yeah, it's all exactly. on anyone's mind. Yeah, every every game kind of, of the year. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty excited though this season because I think the biggest thing is the fact that um, even with Matthews being a little snake bitten uh, in terms of his scoring, uh, he has been uh, been popping a few these last couple of games, which is really yeah, good to see. You. But the yeah. rest of our our, our other uh, top top four guys, right? Uh, we talked about Willie, we talked about Marner, we talked about Tavares. They're all showing up, right? And yeah. if you look at the actual points um, for our top four. Um, comparatively to last season, this season it's it's not even close. Our top four is performing way better um, than than last season, right? And add on to the fact that, that our defense has looked a lot better. We're getting a lot of good uh, playing minutes and a, lo- a lot of good uh, opportunities from our other guys, right? While we have three guys that are injured, right? Um, that's really good to see because last year or the last couple of years, I mean, when Muzzin's been getting injured we see our defense kind of crumble, right, in the yeah. playoffs. So seeing the rest of our guys um, show up, I'm pretty confident. <laughs> I'm kind of yeah. excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's definitely it, exciting. That's for I, sure. I think the, the style of play is kind of like a, a sneaky little thing that's just, you know, it, it makes it hard not to believe, right? Like you see, <laughs> it just looks like they're playing more playoff-style hockey, quote-unquote, right? It's They're... You know, buying in defensively, everyone's committed to taking away the middle of the ice for the opposition and, and coming back on, on the back check and supporting the, the defenders when they're pinching in. It, it's just it, it's been a complete team effort. And it just it, it feels like a more sustainable strategy for, you know, winning when the games really tighten up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, that's a good point, because, you know, uh, if if you guys watch the all or nothing series, you know, when we were on that like 10 game I don't know if it was a 10 game winning streak, but there was a good 10 game stretch. Yeah. Keith was still pretty pissed at that time talking about yeah. how they weren't playing playoff style hockey and he saw it the whole way. Yeah, exactly. And you know, this is a sort of different stretch where we yeah. see them playing playoffs. We see them winning puck battles, you yeah. know, everywhere on the ice back checking hard, especially with the depleted decor, you know, the forwards, you know, are doing a lot of the work defensively and, and having oh, that yeah. buy-in to kind of come back. Uh, is really really good to see and yeah it's it's hard not to be optimistic right now you know yeah. i think even the most of pet i'm sure the most pessimistic leafs fans will find something to complain about we do have a question from the chat uh a dill pickle is going to ask uh what is your grade on the leafs prospect system nick sorry say again what is your grade on the leafs prospect system if you could grade it um, you know, it, in terms of like relative to the rest of the league, um, yeah. I'd say they're probably like just on the, 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 the bad side of the halfway mark. You know, I think they're right in that middle ground in terms of overall systems. And I think that's on the strength of just a lot of really solid picks. They don't necessarily have like that, uh, the top end. Yeah. The top end, you know, outside of Matthew Nyes and, you know, 
unfortunate situation with Rodion Amir, yeah. obviously, right? That it's can't do anything about that. Yeah. yeah, and it's not even fair to really talk about yeah. him as a hockey prospect right now because it, it's just entirely secondary or tertiary to what's going on in his his real life. Yeah, but it, you know, for the Leafs, it, it's been a lot of really solid, high upside bets in those middle rounds. You, you look at uh, a guy like Ty Voigt just destroying the OHL right now, yeah. fifth round pick. And Nicholas Moldenhauer was one of the best players in the USHL to start this season, you know, before he got hurt again. And it, it's it's guys like that, that it, it, it helps to sustain success. We were talking about Holmberg before. It might not seem like much, but if you can get a third or even fourth line center that you can rely on consistently out of a sixth round pick, that's fucking great. Like, a lot of times those picks don't turn into anything. So if you're able to mine any kind of talent out of those picks, it, it's a huge boost to your system. And I think, as I said before, we're going to start seeing more of those guys coming through the ranks in the next couple of years. It, guys like even some of the goaltenders, you know, like Artur Akhtiamov over in Russia playing uh, in the VHL, the second tier league over there. He's arguably been the best goaltender in that league this season. He's a fourth round pick. Uh, you've got Dennis Hildeby, who was a fourth-round pick, who, who's been playing pretty well in in nets for Faryastad in the SHL so far this year. So I, I think, it, it, of course, it's easy to get excited about your own guys, but you know, I often try to um, take in the opinions of uh, less biased evaluators. You know, when uh, <laughs> looking at the the Leaf system, right? And you know, that's generally the the uh, the answer you get when you're talking about where the Leafs fall in terms of prospect rankings, it's around the middle of the pack, maybe slightly below, but it's on the back of, you know, um, more, not so much the high end talent uh, and just making really sound high upside bets in those middle rounds. Yeah. And we also got a question from Kyle Cushman, who's in the chat. Uh, Matt and I talk to Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) I I had to ask it. No, no, I'm kidding. I love Kyle. He's, he's my dude. Yeah, he said uh, Matt and I's reward low. I don't even oh. know what reward low is. <laughs> uh, good question, Kyle. Um, why not both? Por que no los dos? All right, God. perfect. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it here from us. Uh, thanks again, Richard, for... Um, Oh, for Nick. Sorry. Uh, thanks again, Nick. <laughs> my brain, right. my brain is completely fried right now. I've been studying for exams. I'm dying right now. Oh god. <laughs> Nick, thanks yeah. for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Give us a shout out for all your socials for everyone out there. Oh, did I lose you guys there? Oh, oh uh, I think you're back. You're back. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> oh, you want to repeat yourself? Uh, I think uh, I think. Oh, did we lose him? Yeah, we lost him. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. We'll 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 shout him he, out. Felt, he was like, <laughs> I got disrespected from that. I'm done. Okay, Nick Richard. You can follow him on, on Twitter at underscore. Oh, he's, hey, back. he's back. back. He's back. He's back. He's <laughs> back. Okay, there we go. <laughs> yeah. I'm just sitting there like I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you want to just shout out your Nick socials and whatever you're doing? Oh yeah. Um, you- you know, if you want to hear me ramble about the Leafs some more, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Nick Richard. Um, check out a uh, podcast I do with a couple of my best pals, uh, Cam McCacken and Keith Whipple, Lamenting the Leafs. Uh, it's, it's been a fun ride, you know, getting that started up with those boys the last couple of years. 
And yeah, my prospect writings uh, are also over at the dauberprospects.com. We'll have lots of draft coverage and things like that coming up soon. So yeah, uh, and again, thank you guys for having me on. I had a blast uh, breaking down this game with you guys. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. Uh, apologies for that. <laughs> a little bit at the end over there. Uh, but yeah, uh, appreciate it. And we'd love to have you on sometimes. So, uh, hey, man, you know how to get a hold of me. There you go. There <laughs> yeah. you go. All right. And uh, to everybody in the um, all the students out there, good luck on your exams. This is going to be my last <laughs> game personally for for a while. I need to study and try to pass crypto this this course sucks oh <laughs> but yeah good luck to everybody out there that's gonna do good it luck here to for you us. thank you thank <laughs> you um and again make sure you follow us on all our socials make sure you're subscribed to the sdpn youtube channel we got a lot of great content even though i'm not going to be there for the uh for the next couple of game overs we have all of our other hosts and we have so many other game over um game overs that we have going on the stp podcast we have so many other other stuff so hit the bell notification to get uh to get notified when we have new stuff out there and tune into all our podcasts i mean we're, we're on there for all the pod, uh, podcast platforms but uh yeah that's gonna do it here from us thanks nick thanks armand peace cheers lads powered by sports interaction canada sportsbook